Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, where you can learn how to improve your diet, lose fat, and get fitter in a sustainable and fun way without spending hours in the gym. Here is your host, Darren Kirby. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is the number one podcast for men in their 40s who want to improve their health through nutrition and fitness. This is episode 122, and on today's episode, we're going to be speaking about the eyesight and common condition known as myopia with Jake Steiner. 20 years ago, Jake began a journey to reverse his myopia. It took a great deal of experimentation and trial and error to apply theoretical concepts found in clinical journals and peer-reviewed studies, and it has eventually managed to get his eyesight back to his natural 2020 eyesight. Hey Jake, thanks very much for joining me on the podcast today. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me, Darren. I appreciate it. Yeah, perfect. Thanks for taking the time out. So Jake, for people that maybe haven't come across you before or the topic of myopia, if you could um, yeah, give us some background on Jake, how you've got to where you're at today and um, yeah, it'd be great. So myopia, short-sightedness, nearsightedness, when you need glasses for distance vision um, is something that I struggled with since my teenage years. I'm not a doctor or optometrist. I just uh, figured this out on my own going on 20 years ago and accidentally built a pretty large community online centered around this idea that we don't need to be dependent on lenses to, to see well. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I think um, it's funny because before we started recording, I was was speaking about it from a personal standpoint and it's almost nobody's ever, well, in my lifetime, at least I've never come across anybody who's questioned the fact that your eyesight might be deteriorating and you can actually stop it. Um, and you can, you know, obviously reverse it and things like that. So I think it's a very interesting topic because it's almost like it's socially accepted. Now, when we get to a certain age, we either wear glasses or we go and have laser treatment, which my father has actually just had done this week. Um, which, yeah, I was not a massive fan of, to be honest. But so, yeah, can you kind of give us some some insights really as to, you know, the details around short-sightedness sight and how we can kind of work on it ourselves? Sure. And and don't get me into LASIK. If you want to hear things that your dad doesn't want to hear about LASIK, I can tell you those too. Yeah, um, by all means. For one... I think it's incredibly empowering. And what you mentioned that people don't talk about this, don't think about this, it's true. Mm. And even when you do bring it up, a lot of people are like, yeah, well, contacts, glasses, basic, all that stuff works fine. Not realizing all the extenuating things that you're affecting. Body's a system, right? Like all these things are connected. And when your vision is not amazing, especially your audience, when we're talking 40 plus, You're headed in the territory of where things will get worse, right? You're going to have presbyopia, like your near vision is going to start suffering. And then if you're already wearing distance glasses, you're going to start needing close and distance correction. And that really puts you in a shrinking box of vision. And then by the time you're 50, 60, you really are old, right? right? Because how you see the world affects everything from your posture to your social interactions, to how you perceive yourself, to sports performance. And when you're the dude who needs glasses for close and distance vision, mm-hmm. it, 
this is my opinion, right? But it, right. it ages you. It puts your brain in a place where you're like, well, I guess I'm old now. And none of yes. those things are necessary. Yeah. 100% unnecessary. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a really important point to make. Again, it comes back to the way that we have evolved in society and the way that we perceive, I guess, how we move through life. I don't want to say the word age. I want to say as we move through life, because as you said, right, it's like, you get to an age, 40 is a magic number, right? Oh, so it's downhill from now, right? Or it's 60, oh, you're retiring, so you're going to deteriorate. Well, I really won't and don't accept that. And it, it does frustrate me, and apologies for people listening on the podcast that don't agree with it, but I, it's absolutely true. And actually, we can get better as we get older. And so, yeah. Yeah, sorry, go on. Hundred uh, percent. One of my one of the guys I met. So I kite surf. I take okay. about three months out of the year. I go to Vietnam and I kite surf. Oh, I used to when that was possible. And <laughs> I met a British guy there. Was the sixty eight? I think he was. Right. Almost seventy. And mm-hmm. I mean, kite surfing for those who are not familiar is you're standing on a board in the ocean and you're at the same time managing a kite that is pulling you through the water. I mean, you need all kinds of strength and coordination for that. Yeah. Almost 70 years old. He started 10 years prior. He started that stuff at 60. And his statement was, it wasn't because he was so passionate about kite surfing. He says, I don't want to get old. I'm going to get old if I don't keep this whole thing moving. Mm. And he did. And one of the things that are going to prevent you from doing that, if you're wearing, if you need glasses to correct all your vision, you're not going to mess with that because your brain's going to tell you, you can't. Yeah. Like, and this sounds today, somehow for some reason today, we're, I'm starting off on this completely different tangent than normally, but I think super important to realize that, especially at this age range, like I'm in my mid forties, yeah. you're really, you're at a crossroads where yeah. either you're actively taking a role to go in the direction of better, or you're slowly falling apart, right? Mm. Like you, you have to take, you're not 20 anymore. You can't just go, well, it'll be fine. Um, and I think eyesight is a huge opportunity to prove to yourself that you can improve, you yeah. know, like psychologically, you're like, as you're approaching 50, you're going, wow, I can see better, right? Like I yeah. think it's a big uh, benefit. Yeah. And, and I think though, Jake, the biggest challenge with all of this, and we'll get deep into to the eyesight in a minute, but I want to address this point. And that is because of the way that we've developed and evolved, when you talk to people about myopia or any other kind of um illness like any illness i use the term illness i this is the right phrase but illness and you give them a solution which is alternative to what the general population uses there's a huge resistance to actually acknowledge and accept it and you know I'm not going to go off on the tangent with a virus, but we've seen this right in the virus side of things, right? When there's an alternative, i.e. look after your health. And if you get the virus, you'll get the virus, you'll be fine. But there's a huge kind of the general population. And again, apologize for the people listening if, if this offends you, but they don't want to accept it. And they want to go down the route of, well, society says I should get glasses or society says that my eyesight should deteriorate. So I'm just going to follow that. Right. What yeah, was that's, your, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to save people. 
Um, right. All my stuff's free, by the way. Like I'm a okay. financial analyst. I my money comes from the stock market. I don't care. Yeah. I want the people who are like me, right? Like I, if somebody tells me that there's a better solution, hey Jake, you should get blood tests every year. You might have vitamin deficiencies that affect your everything, right? Like yeah. the people who are looking for answers are the ones that I think this is meaningful to. There's tons of people who, you know, I'm here on an island. I see people who start drinking beer at, at noon. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's their business and that's how they decide yeah. to live their life. And that's cool. I'm more about the findability of answers, right? Yeah. Like if you're looking fine, if you're not, I'm not going to force it on you. Mm. Like, whatever. yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, and I think that's a good point. Um, okay. So, so taking my OPS specifically then, um, what would you say are the early signs that you have this condition? Um, yeah. So super important. And I mentioned in the beginning, I'm not an optometrist. I'm not a doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, I say it's not an illness. It's not a health condition, really. Mm -hmm. It's a perfectly healthy eye. And I recommend this, like for people who are, whenever I run into some strange dude on the internet, on some podcast going, this hundred billion dollar a year business, which glasses are, Mm. is wrong. I always go to Mm -hmm. scholar.google.com. Search engine just for clinical research, right? Right. Peer reviewed clinical science doesn't mean all that stuff is true and correct, but it's a much more focused window on what's this really about, right? Mm. Scholar.google.com, fantastic resource to at least make a distinction between is there science supporting this or not? Mm. You type in pseudo myopia, P-S-E-U-D-O myopia. You get tens of thousands of results. And again, this is just peer-reviewed clinical science and references telling you what myopia actually is. And it's not a genetic condition. And this is all optometry journals and ophthalmology journals that tell you the reason that you can't see clearly at a distance Mm -hmm. where it started is there's a, okay, short, short, short version of this eyeball fluid filled ball. There's a lens in the front and the retina in the back. Mm -hmm. The lens in the front is flexible and it focuses light on the retina in the back, kind of like a camera lens. Right. And the thing that does the focusing is a circular muscle called the ciliary. It's kind of cool. If you're a nerd, like the way that works is neat. (laughs) And that muscle tightens up to bulge the lens for close-up vision. Right. And what happens is if you spend hours and hours and hours in front of a screen or book for those of us that are in this age range, when you're a kid, you know, when you start studying a lot, that muscle is tight as long as you look at something up close. It's yeah. also the tighter. Eventually that muscle spasms. Mm-hmm. Pseudomyopia, also called near-induced transient myopia, is a muscle spasm. That focusing muscle that moves the lens is kind of stuck mm-hmm. between close-up and distance. So you see a little bit of blur. Your parents take you to the optometrist. The optometrist who makes about 5,000% profit markup on lenses mm-hmm. who's trained to only sell you glasses goes, yeah, your kid has a mysterious genetic condition, sells you glasses. And then now you spend a lifetime thinking that you're somehow right. deficient. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. So I guess when we realize that, you know, if we are you know, listening to this because we are searching for um, alternative solutions to the condition, so as a first stage, then, rather than just doing the default that we've already kind of recognized and going to the optometrist and, and then maybe getting glasses, what have you seen or what have you done personally to start to 
um, I say, reverse the kind of the issue. Mm, that's nice. You you made it right to issue from. <laughs> um. So, if you're if you're a parent with kids, the first step is um, iPads are not babysitters. the The key thing is distance. Yeah. If your kid is watching cartoons on an iPad, holding the iPad at 20 centimeters from their face, the muscle is extremely tight. They're going to end up squinting. You're going to take them to the optometrist. They're going to get glasses. Mm. Bad idea. For most of us in this age range, 40 plus, we already either have it or we don't. If you already have it, weaning off the glasses is the next way to deal with the existing myopia, which Mm -hmm. by the way, I used to have minus five doctors or Mm -hmm. 4.75, very thick glasses. Right. Um, that over it's almost 20 years ago now that I started playing with that. I currently, I mean, we're talking, I'm not wearing glasses. I have 2020 eyesight. It's a gradual weaning off right. the doctors every three to four months. You take a quarter doctor less, eventually you no longer need glasses. Mm-hmm. It's really, and that's another little biology story. If you're curious about it, there is no, your eyes perfectly healthy. It simply mm. has adjusted to, one, the strain levels of your close-up, and two, yep. that treatment of the lenses. Right. Okay. So effectively, then, what we're saying is, right, if we, if we think about this in the context of working out muscles in a gym, right, if you are, like you said, have an iPad close to your face and the muscle behind the eye is working hard, effectively, that's what it's doing, right? Like a muscle when you work out in a gym, it's going to get tight, inflexible, um, so effectively what we're saying is generally over time. And I think this is where, again, the society has challenges with, we want results instantly aren't willing or able to kind of take that time to actually kind of start to understand what that is and wean themselves off it. And therefore the muscle just gets tighter and tighter and tighter. So, so why is it other, other than the commercial element, Jake, why is it that we, because this is a common condition, right? Um, why is it that, you know, nobody is really talking about this? I mean, because I came across you and this was the first time I'd actually heard of someone actually reversing it, right? And why is no one, I know, we, like I said, the commercial element is there, but why is no one talking about this as, a, as an opportunity that you can use to improve your eyesight? I think people do. So, and I wondered the same thing because I am not the guy. It's, it's, it's still weird to me mm. because I'm kind of mainstream. I'm not into that much off of the, on the fringes of stuff, right? Like that I'm the dude talking about this is strange yeah. in my own mind. And what I'm talking about is not new because what mm-hmm. we talked about Google Scholar, clinical science going back 50 years mm. has figured this out. This is peer-reviewed ophthalmology journals that 50 years ago were already like, hey, you know, close up tightens that lens. It doesn't yeah. relax fully. It's pseudomyopia. It's not well marketed. Okay. There's nobody here. Like it's 7 PM here, right? Like I hopped on a, on a chat with you. There's nobody who's doing this because there's no, I, I think I'm guessing Yeah. there's no real financial incentive, right? Nobody makes money off of wean yourself off the things, the stuff I'm telling you, and my website is free. And the short, short version really is you need slightly weaker glasses okay. over an extended period of time there's no money in this. Yeah. Right. Like who's going to yeah. do it. And for what reason? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And I, I think that's a lot of um, conditions uh, re- relating to health, I think uh, currently. So, 
Okay, so in terms of like then weaning yourself off, you've discovered that your your eyesight is becoming poor. You've taken the decision that you are going to try and improve it yourself. So you mentioned there that you had really thick glasses initially and you've gradually worked your way back. Uh, I don't know, do you wear glasses at all now or is it completely? No, I don't need glasses for anything. Okay. Um, also not for close-up. It's This is a great practice in teaching yourself to prevent presbyopia where you can't read books and near stuff anymore mm-hmm. which will so the other thing that happens is that lens that flexible lens hardens with age right with the process of life it doesn't become at some point it's not as flexible as it was when we were 20 yeah but you don't really need reading glasses if you get them it's generally because the optometrist recommends them you right. notice that in poor lighting small text you can't see as clearly it's not an alarming situation but as soon as you start wearing those reading glasses, mm-hmm. that muscle no longer has to work. Right. The lens does the work instead of the muscle. Now that that lens is not being worked out anymore, mm-hmm. the lens that has a tendency to harden now will really do that. And now you become dependent on reading glasses. Right. So even though enmiopia is not about presbyopia, it's not about this aid. Well, I know you don't like the word. I don't have the correct terminology. Yeah. As we continue through life, this thing that we can't read that well up close, you can largely mitigate lens dependence, but you need to learn a bit about the biology, right? Like when I started out, I didn't know what I was doing as a guess. Mm. And the super short version is the eyes are ball, right? Like it's a fluid filled ball. It's never perfect. It adjusts in length Mm -hmm. continuously throughout your life. And it does that in part with a mechanism that checks if the light focuses on the retina correctly. Yeah. If you start wearing glasses, it creates a signal in the eye that tells the retina, hey, we're too close. So the eyeball elongates. And my theory, unlike what we talked about so far, this is my theory on this, is when you wear slightly weaker glasses, the eyeball gets the opposite signal and it shortens. So the shortening eyeball means less myopia, means better eyesight. Right. And by now, tens of thousands of people have done this, and I'm not exaggerating. I mean, we have a big forum. We've got a Facebook group with 20 some odd thousand members, right? Lots and lots of people have done this. And it seems the mechanism is just a healthy eyeball that adjusts to the stimulus that you give it. Yeah, that make that makes sense. So when, when we're talking about health, I mean, the lot of the stuff that I look into now is various different elements of the body and understanding how they operate and the most optimal, I guess, environment in which to to give them, i.e., you know, your nutritional side of things, your kind of general daily activity in life. With regards to this, uh, what we're talking about, myopia, what have you seen or what have you done with relating to, um, I guess, nutrition and stuff like that as it relates to the eye? So I know very little about very few things and I'm not a nutritionist and there are things that are related. Absolutely. Mm. It's a system, right? Like the whole body functions yeah. together. There's, there's big nerds in our form that have done the, the gl- blood glucose meters yeah. that you can implant in yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't done that, but what they found is that insulin spikes correlate right. with poor eyesight. So while you're having an insulin spike, you can see less well than mm. you would otherwise. Right. Plenty of discussion there about people that are doing all kinds of stuff from carnivore diets to some people who are into the vegan thing, exploring the connection between eyesight, Mm. which super easy to do because your eyesight varies 
all the time throughout yeah. the day. Lighting affects it hugely. Food affects it to some degree. Sleep, stress, and you can measure it, right? Like you can literally go. I can see 50 centimeters right now. If the lighting sucks, I can see 40. Mm-hmm. So you can just kind of keep a log of how your eyesight varies relative to your lifestyle choices, and slowly tweak things. Mm. And it's a great feedback mechanism because it also yeah. your eyes will tell you how you're doing overall. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is, uh, and I think you know there's there's a lot of science that supports you know type two diabetes and your eyesight, um, right? So yeah, I mean that's 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 kind of quite standard. But um, so in terms of you know. I guess, preventative measures or kind of like, I don't have any kind of eyesight issues. I'm over 40. Um, but if I was to start to think that, and obviously we'd obviously have to kind of do it over a period of time to actually think whether you are having eyesight problems, what would you say would be a first start apart from kind of obviously stepping away from screens, spending less time on screens, you know, would it be going out in sunlight? What's the kind of, so two things or three things. One, I recommend annual ophthalmologist visits for eye checkups. I'm not saying that this is a substitute for all things eyesight. Yeah. Health, I'm a fan. I go to the ophthalmologist. I get checkups. Big fan, right? right. When it comes to myopia, if, you, if you're in your 40s and you're suddenly feeling that your distance vision is not that great, most likely it's you're spending more time in front of screens than you have. Right. Especially now with our current interesting situations going on. Yeah. Definite correlation between how much time you sit in front of a screen and then watch Netflix on your iPad yeah. and then play on your phone. Distance vision relaxes that muscle. Mm-hmm. So if you're suddenly not seeing clearly at a distance and there's an increase in close-up use, that muscle just got stuck. Right. Print an eye chart or buy mm-hmm. an eye chart, hang it up on the wall somewhere, see which line you can read when you're having a good day and then just keep comparing, right? Like you spend eight hours in front of a screen, look at that eye chart and you'll notice that you can see less well. Yeah. Step away from the screen, figure out how long you need to take a break before the eye chart looks clear again. Mm-hmm. Super simple. Like eyesight is a real easy feedback mechanism. And the second part is when somebody tells you you should buy reading glasses, ideally right. don't, right? Like right. don't start depending on those things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And then for, for people that are listening to this, uh, that, that have, you know, the issues with the long sight vision and short sight, and they're actually wearing glasses at the moment, when you go to see your optometrist, what would you say are the best kind of questions to ask? Because I feel that we probably just trust in the optometrist to just, you know, you go the visit, they test your eyes, and you just accept, right, what they've told you rather than kind of asking questions to find out exactly what the issue is. I, okay, so this is a little bit divisive and just my opinion, right? right. Not the truth. I don't go to an optometrist. Okay. Um, I will go to an ophthalmologist, right. medical doctor, right? Yeah. Like they both refer to themselves as doctor, but optometrists are doctors largely how dentists are doctors. Right. Eh, right. If I want a full health checkup, I go to an ophthalmologist, significantly more training and schooling, better equipped to figure out health-related issues. Mm-hmm. I never go to a shop where that's in a mall, first of all. Right. Like if the thing is in a mall, I'm not going to get a checkup there. If, if the first sign is I walk in there and there's a bunch of frames for sale and two-for-one mm-hmm. deals and stuff, that's not, in my opinion, again, not yeah. to offend anybody. In my eyes, it's not a doctor. That's mm-hmm. a guy who is 
business is to sell me frames and lenses. Yeah. I avoid that because they will tell me that I need glasses. Yeah. There's a great article in the LA Times that I refer to frequently. If you just Google LA Times and uh, lens crafters, right. huge scandal. And, and lens crafters, a big, big chain in the US. Um, some of the uh, executives there or ex-executives explained how that business works and it's, it's rough. So yeah. short version is they will sell you something. Right. I go to an ophthalmologist. I find out are my eyes healthy? Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to distance and close-up vision, I figure that stuff out by myself. Right. Right. Like I feel that their answer is you're, you're helpless. It's genetic. It's too bad. If you can't see, you need lenses. What you need is distance vision, right? You need a little bit of challenge. You need a little bit less screen time and you need focused distance vision. Like if you have a hobby that requires distance vision, if you're outside a lot, if you're spending, if you have something meaningful to do that requires your distance vision, your vision will be pretty good and stable for mm. most people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that, that's super interesting. What you, you spoke about there about the opto, was it optimo- <laughs> ophthalmologist? Ophthalmologist. Yeah. And optometrists get mad at me and there's great optometrists. So it's yeah. a, I'm painting with a broad brush here. Yeah. It's just, there's going to be bias right? Yeah. Like if somebody's focus is selling you glasses, they're, they're going to be inclined. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're in business. They're not there. They have to make money, right? This that's part of their, their, their chosen profession and that, and that's what they need to do. But an ophthalmologist presumably is somebody who will be situated in a hospital or somewhere like that, where it's not really about the commercial side of things. It's more to do with, you know, the actual general eye health, but what's the major difference between these two kind of professions? Schooling. Okay. Ophthalmologist has a bunch of years more schooling and they're medical doctors, right? Like depending on the country, depending on various details, usually OD optometry doctor is what I said, more like a dentist is a doctor, Mm -hmm. right? Like pretty specialized, pretty the scope is much narrower than a guy that an ophthalmologist, you generally also get a lot more testing equipment. They can check a lot more stuff. Not always, right? Again, broad brush. Yeah. But if I want the most insightful checkup on my eye health, the ophthalmologist is going to have more training for that. Yeah. And in general, then what we've been talking about today in terms of improving our general overall eyesight, I'm assuming that these guys are, are very supportive of doing what we're doing in terms of trying to reduce that reliance on on glasses yeah exactly the opposite of that really (laughs) it's a hundred billion dollar a year business right billion dollars lenses cost two to five dollars to the optometrist wholesale and i mean the audience can figure out what they paid for their last glasses if it's in a retail store five thousand percent is an average markup Right. right like that is the business they do not those people do not like me at all right right yeah. like there's been before we got as big as we did i got threats i got there's all kinds of unpleasantness that happened mm-hmm. trying to skirt the conversation because i'm not saying i'm right like this is some far-fetched fringe diy you're mm-hmm. just having your own experience but i'm always saying let's talk about the science right mm-hmm. like it we know it's not genetic we know it's caused by the focusing muscle says the science and the dialogue already stops there. You go to an optometrist and you ask them what causes myopia and you find one that says muscle spasm. Not right. going to happen. You know? right. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, Jack. So what would you say then are, you know, for people listening to this, maybe they, 
like I said before, you know, maybe they, they, their eyesight, they feel their eyesight is starting to deteriorate or they're already wearing glasses. You know, what would you say are five things that they could do today to, to start to kind of implement and, and try and tackle this? The first thing is measuring your eyesight is okay. super interesting. So short, short version, the diopters, right? Like you get the so-called prescription, which by the way, clear curve pieces of plastic used to not be prescriptions. Millions of dollars were spent in lobbying to make these things prescriptions mm-hmm. for the profit margin. Yeah. Example, like it's really easy to figure out doctors at home. If yeah. you need 100 divided by a centimeter distance equals diopters. So right. you take a book and you hold it close to your face and then you slowly move it further away till you see the tiniest bit of blur, just like anything changes right. in how the letters look, yeah. measure the distance from your eye to the book. 50 centimeters, for example, 100 divided by 50 is two. So you would need two diopter glasses. Mm-hmm. Right. When you said five things, the first thing is measuring because it puts you in a, in a place where you're having an experiment. Right. So it's 50 centimeters. Try the same thing in a naturally lit environment. Now try the same thing when you're fasting. Mm-hmm. Right? Try the same thing when you had a good night's sleep. Keep a little log and you see those numbers go up and down and up and down. The first thing to do is that because those numbers going up and down gives you a reference because For example, if most of the time you can see 60 centimeters, you realize you could see fine with slightly weaker glasses. Right. right? So educating yourself and understanding your own eyesight is definitely the first step. The second step, print an eye chart, what I said before, have it hanging up, compare how you can see on it. Again, Mm -hmm. actionable. This wasn't good for my eyes. The third thing is, ideally, you don't want to wear distance glasses for your screen use. Yeah. Like they're not made for close-up use. They're made for you to see clearly at a distance. Mm-hmm. Create a lot of eye strain. Using distance glasses during your screen use adds a ton of eye strain. Right. Either don't wear them if you don't need them, yeah. or if you do need them because they're pretty strong, weaker glasses for close-up, extremely right. helpful. Yeah. And then breaks, right? Like checking your screen addiction, going, which hobbies have I not, have I ignored for a while that I might want to get back into? that encourage that whole let's get away from screens a little bit yeah. is a nice starter kind of, it's like me trying to explain how the gym will make you stronger in yeah. five steps, right? Like it's a real compressed sort of mm-hmm. starting point. Yeah. Yeah. And no, they're interesting and, and very basic steps, right. That we can take to, to kind of improve things. But one question I do want to ask you though, Jake, is there's obviously a big trend at the moment around blue light blocking inverted commas glasses. What's your opinion? What's your view on these? How much of an impact does, would this have on our site? Coke Zero. Yeah. You like it? You like Coke no. Zero? <laughs> but, but it has no sugar. Right. Man, it's fine. <laughs> this is the... So blue light has all kinds of impact on all kinds of things. I'm not disputing that at all. For sure, mm-hmm. valid. They're selling you glasses with this blue light filter in it. Number one, the problem is not the blue light. The problem is how many hours you spend scrolling on screens. Right. How many hours you're, not, you're neglecting your hobbies and your children and your life. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. The blue light blocking glasses are an excuse exactly like Coke Zero is an excuse to keep drinking Coke. Right. What you need is getting away from the entire screen. You need to not be drinking Coke at all. The blue light filter does nothing more for you than taking sugar out of Coke. 
Right. Like it's, if you have a healthy amount of balance with screen use and, and not screen use, you don't need blue light blocking glasses. Number one, number two, that the, the, the blue light filter they put on there is 50 cents at most. So big sales pitch. I mean, if those things cost you more than, than $10, the rest is profit. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that that's super interesting. And again, it comes back to basics. Comes back to fundamentals, like you say, right? You just go back to basics. Stay off of your screens. Um, yeah, you're you're effectively. I like that analogy. You're effectively drinking Coke Zero, right? So you can stay on on your screens longer. So I think that's that's perfect. Jay, it's been very very interesting talking to you today about the topic. Um, but where people, where can people go and find you? Uh, look you up online. You got a great YouTube channel. Um, all good things like that. Terrifying YouTube channel. So, <laughs> website is endmyopia.org, not okay. .com because we are not fancy enough for that. It's a little bit of a rabbit hole because mm-hmm. number one, I'm not financially motivated, so generally speaking, everything you need is free. Number two, I'm not trying to be famous. This is a a dude side project that's been going on for 20 years. So when you first arrive there and you find weird references to my imaginary beard and being the last (laughs) living, I grew lots of inside jokes. Yeah. And again, you're going to spend a little bit of time. We have a huge community. Like I said, the Facebook group is 20 some odd thousand members. We have a big forum. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got my terrifying YouTube channel. We've got a, a nice like seven day sorted guide. When you ask what are the five steps, like spending a week immersing yourself is super helpful. And then just community engagement to get yourself realizing that this is not that far-fetched and maybe mm. worth trying. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks very much for coming on to the podcast today, Jake. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thanks, Darren. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Fitter Healthier Dad podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe. And I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes. All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes. And a full transcription is over at fitterhealthierdad.com.